so much for joining us for another week of sluts and scholars we hope you enjoy the episode remember that you can follow us and see all of our upcoming news and episodes on instagram at sluts and scholars on twitter at slut scholars and please email us with your questions and wonderings at sluts and scholars at gmail.com welcome back to another week on sluts and scholars where we fuck smart and talk smarter i'm simone i've never heard you say it like that and it really threw me off and i'm nicoletta (laughs) and this week we have kelly gluckman Uh, She grew up in Los Angeles. At 30 years old, she is a non-traditional undergraduate student at UCLA studying world arts and cultures with a focus in arts activism. She's a member of the UCLA Sex Squad and the UCLA Sexperts, uh, which teaches sexual health and education to peers on campus. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> oh gosh. That I was amazing. Doing that. <laughs> Thank you. It's like we do a podcast together or something. Well, and Simone had mentioned wanting to say that you are badass. Yeah, you're so badass. Yeah. Um, and also non-traditionally, you're a senior right now. God, I wish I were a senior in college again. <laughs> it's interesting as a 30-year-old. It's very, very interesting. Like different perspective and like Well, because you also don't look like much older like you don't look older than like a 22 year old so I feel like at job fairs they like talk to you the same and you're like I'm fucking 30 <laughs> right well I mean like I feel like I give fewer fucks about like social shit so like I'm able to just walk around and and say and do whatever the fuck I want whereas if I were like 19 20 21 I'd be more concerned with how my peers see me yeah you know? so you get into any frat party you want <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. everyone's goal. You know, I tried frat parties last year, and, and? I, just, I just I just couldn't. It's so weird, right? Oh, my God. So weird. I had a good time at some frat parties. Cool, Nicoletta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of, like, one in particular where there was, um, they filled up, like, this, like, hay bale-supported uh, pool of mud. Wow. That's, like, shit from, like, a movie. I know, yeah. but, you know, it's college. Whatever. Sounds awesome. Anyway, um, is okay because I have heard of, I don't know if it's the sex squad, but I know there's one that puts on like performances and plays about sexuality. Is that sex squad? It is sex squad. So sex squad is a group of undergrads who put together a theater production around sexual health topics. Um, We perform at high schools. Um, The UCLA sex spurts, we do more um, like workshops and activities with UCLA students. So, um, like, we, we, the different groups just work with different demographics in different ways. But it's all sex positive. It's all um, inclusive. It's all um, good. <laughs> awesome. So you're obviously super passionate about educating people about sexual health. Yes. How did you get involved in this? So um, when I was 23, um, I was dating my best guy friend, in the whole world, and um, we decided to stop using condoms without getting tested first. Um, we were, like, cuddling, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. we were both horny, and we didn't have a condom. Uh-oh. Yeah, and so um, I was—I I had comprehensive sex ed when I was younger, so um, I got tested all the time. Like, I had been tested two weeks before he and I started dating. Um, so I asked him when he was tested last, and he was like, oh, you know, it's been a while, but, you know, Brittany and Ashley are both tested, and they're totally fine. And, you know, those two girls. And those are, like, those the last, Yeah, like, those being the last two girls that he dated. And I, I knew those two girls because he and I had been friends for so long. So I was like, yeah, it makes sense. No, I'm horny. So fuck it. Let's do it. Um, so for, like, six months, we we were having sex, and we weren't using protection. And I was like, you know what? We should 
we should get tested and like just make sure we're fine. We shouldn't we probably shouldn't have done that, but like let's just go make sure we're good. And we both tested positive for HIV. Wow. Yeah. What was your first reaction? Um so like I here here's how it happened. Um, so we went to Planned Parenthood and he got pulled into the office first and he came back out and then they pulled him back in 15 minutes later. Uh, and then he came back out with pieces of paper in his hand. Um, and he was like white in the face and I was on my phone and I was like fucking around on words with friends. Like my biggest issue right now is like what to do with my cue. And he's, 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 cues are hard. Q-I. I'm like, is there like a triple letter somewhere, you know? And I'm like looking, I'm looking down on my phone and he said he got tested, he tested positive for HIV. I was like, yeah, whatever. Oh, you thought he was fucking with you? Yeah. Like he and I joked around. We just talked shit all the time. Like that was our relationship. We just talked shit all the time. So I was like, he's fucking with me. Like there's no way. And he didn't sit down and he didn't say anything. And I looked up and I grabbed the piece of paper and I saw that like he wasn't joking and I'm looking at the piece of paper wow and they have information about HIV on them and I'm like looking at the words but the only thing going through my mind is like the previous six months of unprotected sex yeah you know I'm like my mind is jogging through like scenes (laughs) and I'm like I have this like there's no way that I don't have this so um I went up to the lady at the front desk and I asked her to buzz me in the side so that I wouldn't make a scene in the waiting room. And she did. And I waited for the door to close behind me and I leaned over the desk and I'm like, you need to take me in there as soon as possible. My boyfriend just tested positive for HIV. Mm. And I was like really <sighs> intense about it. Um, she was I feel like, like all of the like hairs on my body are like sticking up. Yeah, she was like, okay. <laughs> like that poor woman. Um, so they pulled, they pulled me in 15 minutes later. They pricked my finger. They had to prick like Eight or nine oh, you hadn't years. done the HIV test yet? Yeah. No, they hadn't even taken me back to test me yet. Um, so they had to prick like eight or nine times. They had to do like three or four different fingers um, to get enough blood to administer the test. And they, ha- they went through like two tests because they have to get enough blood um, in enough amount of time to make the test work. Wow. And, I, like, and this was like <clears throat> a quick response test? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the 15-minute test because there's like... The oral swab test, and mm-hmm. then the finger prick test, and then the actual blood test. Okay. Um, they were doing the finger prick test, the Western blot, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so, like, they finally got enough blood. They sent me to the waiting room, and I'm reading the piece of paper again. And all I knew at that point is, like, you get HIV, it turns into AIDS, and then you die, and that's it. Mm. And so I'm, I'm reading the pages, and it's, it says that you can live a normal life with it, but I didn't believe it. Mm. all I'm I'm like scrolling through these pages looking for when I'm gonna die um and <clears throat> yeah and, and I'm where like, do you think that message comes from it 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 came from the crisis because I I was young during the early 90s and I remember seeing it on the news um about people getting AIDS and dying in the thousands mm-hmm. and I I had gotten comprehensive sex ed um, and they emphasize the the scary. They don't they don't emphasize the the oh it's livable. There's medication now. They they mention it, but they they mostly say like this is an aggressive virus. It turns into AIDS and then you die. Like mm-hmm. they they're like this is the they the worst case scenario is it, they it's fear based. Mm-hmm. So well, and also up until like the mid '90s, that was like a semi accurate account, right? Right. 
up until 96 it was yeah. it was that was you know accurate it was a death sentence right mm-hmm. and then and then once medication came out it really kind of went away for the most part you know people weren't dying anymore so it wasn't on the news anymore mm-hmm. um so that it, the the crisis just left an indelible impression on mm. society and so that's what we remember and that that's what i remember that's what i knew wow so you're sitting in this waiting room like waiting to be called back looking through these papers and then and then what happens and then they pulled both of us back at the same time and told us that we had tested positive together um and wow. yeah and they gave me pieces of paper with information about clinics in my area um and i don't remember much else mm. they they probably they I, I remember them being nice and like saying you know you can have a normal life you're going to live through this but i was i I I didn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the elevator down, and we were walking to my car. I remember looking over at him and being like, "Who are you sleeping with?" You know, because yeah. I knew where I had gotten it from. You know, there was no question to me. I was tested two weeks before he and I started dating, mm-hmm. um, and then it was two months before he and I stopped using protection. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was no question as to where I got it from, and and mm. I was like you know, where did you get it from? And he was like, uh, I, I have no idea. And so I was like, you know what? It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, I chose to stop using condoms with this person. My hmm. sexual health is, is my personal responsibility, and I knew that. And Wow. Yeah, I, I took personal responsibility immediately. That's incredible and super mature. I would have been... I would I mean, have been furious. I don't know. I'm, I've obviously never been in that situation, but I would have... I, I think that's incredible. And I was also, like, I, I was thinking about him and, like, what he must be going through because he knows that he gave this to the woman that he loves. Mm. And I was like, that must be awful. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to make it worse for him than it had to be. You are so fucking <laughs> nice. Yeah, how were you able to, like, have that empathy in such a moment of, like, crisis feeling? Even if it hasn't been a crisis in your life now, like, it sounds like at the time... You- it felt like one. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, like, my my parents really drilled personal responsibility into me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you take re- personal responsibility for your actions. Um, and, like, I was used to blaming myself mm. for things. I was very, very used to being harder on myself than the people around me. Yeah, because, I mean, I know you're, you're saying, I chose not to use a condom with this person. It does take two people to choose not to use a condom right. at the right. same time. So I can see that element of, of blaming yourself. Do you feel yeah. like you overdid the responsibility and, like, felt a lot of guilt and shame on yourself? Perhaps at first. Um, I, I think that in the long run, <clears throat> it was good for my coping. Mm-hmm. Um, but per- perhaps I was harder on myself than I needed to be mm. um, at the time. But, I mean, I think it's it's kind of normal. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get pissed off at him until later. Until later. Yeah, at, at that point it was like, I'm just, I'm so happy to have someone with me go- to go through this. It was like he and mm-hmm. I against the world. It was like, this is, like, we're in this together. This mm-hmm. is my partner in crime. And I was in love with him. Right. Um, and so, so what were the next steps you took to like, to, did, did you like address this both head on together? 
So we went home and I parked and we sat there in silence for like 10 minutes. And I must have felt like forever. It it did. It was like it was October in Los Angeles, so it was hot as fuck. Ugh. It was we're sitting you had in, the AC on or off? No. AC was off. I didn't have you AC. Were sp- you were punishing yourself. <laughs> and the windows <laughs> up. It was just like we were just sitting in a hot car in silence. And like I looked over at him and he was so petrified and he was white and he was just like sunken into the chair like and I looked over at him and I'm like no fuck no like we're gonna go in there we're gonna fucking figure this out like we're gonna take care of ourselves we're gonna figure out how to beat this like like diet exercise nutrition holistic ways of taking care of ourselves alternative ways of taking care of ourselves we're gonna research this we're gonna fucking figure this out so you see when I knew badass had to be in the bio I knew it (laughs) I, I was it. just like, I, I don't know what happened. I have no idea. I, but, and this is like the, still the proudest moment of my life mm-hmm. because something switched on in me. And I was like, no, we're going to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let this take over our lives. And um, like it dawned on me. I was like, look at Magic Johnson. He's fucking cured, right? <laughs> but like, it's true. Because well, as soon as you were like, I was seeing these papers with HIV and like I thought it was a death sentence in my brain, I was like, Magic Johnson. And I think that we think that he's this kind of unicorn where right. it comes to, co- to to living with HIV, but he's not. And right? like he's just dried. like a famous yeah. person that's out about having HIV, right. but it's actually a very, I mean, I'm sure you'll explain this more, but an easy thing to live with. Right, right, right. right. But uh, I mean, like I had seen like the South Park episode not too long before this. Where, like, um, I think it's, like, Cartman. Cartman gets HIV or AIDS or something. Mm-hmm. And he, like, has a benefit concert for himself. <laughs> Is that the one where they sing AIDS, AIDS? His, no, like, that's America. Team America. No, oh, that's it Team was, America. Where they're like, making same fun cre- of same creators. Yeah, that's true. Is it the same creator? Yeah. I yeah. Know that. No, but it's, like, I, I remember um, they had the guy who sings, like, um, Cheeseburger in Paradise. And he's like, AIDS burger in paradise. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, you so, had just seen that? Yeah, I had just seen that episode. Oh, my So, no, gosh. they go find Magic Johnson, and they're like, you're cured. How did you do it? And he, they ta- he, Magic Johnson, like, takes him into his room. There's, like, stacks of cash everywhere. And he's like, I have no idea how I got cured. <laughs> I'm just totally better. And they're looking around, and they're like, look at all this fucking cash. It must be the cash. Right, so the cure is it's like getting rich. <laughs> right, the cure, the cure is like taking like hundred thousand dollars and putting it into like an IV drip and like injecting it straight into your bloodstream. <laughs> right, that's so, fucked. But I mean, it makes so sense. Did you try at that? The time the treatments were expensive. Right, but I mean, and oh, that, that's the that's whole the satire. satire. Yeah. that's oh. the whole satire. Is that like like he's it, okay because he had the money to be ex- okay? Exactly. So, but I had seen that. I'm like, it, it's it, it's. So interesting, like, how impressionable, like, society is about this shit. Because I really thought he was cured. So I'm sitting Mm. in the car, and I'm like, Magic Johnson's cured. We're going to be cured in one year. Like, one year, we're going to be HIV negative. Just watch. One year. Wow. So, yeah. And I might have, like, slipped into denial for a second or something. It's okay. (laughs) Sounds like you sort of needed that, though, to, like, be active. Right. Well, I mean, so we went into the room, and I pulled out my laptop, and I Googled, is Magic Johnson cured of HIV? And every single website said no. It was like, no, 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 no. Magic Johnson's not cured of HIV. He takes medication just like the rest of us. I'm like, shit. I'm like, fuck. So I actually have to deal with this. 
and my stomach dropped. How did that feel to re- read just like the rest of us and recognize that you were a part of that us? Great yeah, question. that is a really, that's a really good question. Um, was it kind of immediate or did you did it, it take steps? It was. Yeah. It was. It was like an what immediate. What a radical shift of identity. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a huge paradigm shift and it was immediate. Mm. Um, that I'm like, shit. It went from like, the, the, those are those people mm-hmm. to now this is us kind of thing. And it it was immediate. I'm like, oh shit. Um and we had we had plans to hang out with our friends that day and my boyfriend at the time was like um like you just said we're not going to let this beat us. Like are we going to cancel our plans or are we going to go and hang out with our fucking friends? And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So we went and hung out with our friends, and, like, the whole time he and I are this just, is, like— I mean, maybe this is fucked up. This is all very sweet-sounding. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, my life plays out like a movie. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So we hung out with our friends, and we came back home, and we took the curtains off of our windows so that we wouldn't wake up in darkness because we had blackout curtains. So we took the curtains off. Um, <clears throat> then we, yeah. Why? Because— Waking up in darkness, it's so easy to stay down. It's so easy to stay laying down. And we, I want to. I'm like tearing up over here. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing? <laughs> oh. I'm like, I gotta open the curtains in my room. <laughs> no, I just like, I, we were like proactively making choices to stay true to that moment, mm. even though it felt like shit. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was trauma. It was like, it was real trauma, mm-hmm. um, but I made the choice immediately that this wasn't going to take over my life. Um, and even though, you know, it, it's hard to maintain that when you're going through like the ups and downs for sure of emotion that mm. happen like after a, a diagnosis like that. Um, Were you in therapy at the time? No, not no. yet. Not, um, yet. not yet. But so. Uh, how long did you and your boyfriend sit on this information and keep it just between you two? Not long. I, part of my coping was immediately talking to the people around me. Mm. Um, and you feel like that was, that's yeah. a good needed tool, like for folks out there who maybe are listening and recently or have been diagnosed, not just with HIV, but something. Yeah, for... for so I think it's so important to build your team around you. I think, I, I totally agree. And it's like, it... <clears throat> I'm the type of person that I can't keep things to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I need to tell people, and um, it was very beneficial for me. Uh, everyone's different. Everybody has different needs. Um, I I needed to tell people immediately, so I didn't feel so alone. Um, and it, it was just, like, naturally coming out of me. Like, I couldn't help it. Um, so I, I told some of my friends at work. Um, I told my roommate... Um, I, I was just telling people left and right. And Did it, you tell your parents? I told my brother and my dad um, a month after diagnosis. I told them over the phone. Um, I didn't tell my mom until seven months in. Wow. Yeah. Um, what was it like carrying that around? Oh, my God. It was, it was fucked up. <laughs> it was fucked up because my mom and I were so close when oh. I was a kid. Mm. And then when I was a teenager, we started fighting a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, we couldn't be under the same roof for too long. Um, so at the time, I was 23. My mom and I were still fighting really, really bad. And I was so scared of how she was going to respond. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to come to her with bad news followed by good news. Like I, um, like, like with some answers and yeah, hope. Like I got this diagnosis, but I'm in medical care and I'm on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to worry about me, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, although, of course, a mom is going to worry about you, anyways. Um, but. Yeah, I um, I didn't tell my mom for a while, and my dad and my brother respected my wishes and, and kept it from my mom, and mm-hmm. it it actually caused some trouble in my family. Um, but I mean, I I'm happy with how I did what I did. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely within your right to choose with whom you share information at what point. Right. Um, I I feel absolutely. like this is a shitty question and I'm like kind of upset with myself for like wondering this but I'm wondering how you didn't wonder like how did he get HIV did that ever come to truth so did later you got mad later you said so because you said my boyfriend at the time so you are no longer together right this was seven years ago yes so the plot thickens um (laughs) a month later I had a co-worker come up to me um, and he and I, I'd known him for a long time. Um, he came up to me and he pulled me aside and he hadn't been able to look at me in the face for like two weeks. And I noticed. And he knew, like you had told him? No. Okay. He didn't oh. know. Um, I had. It, oh God, I like feel where this is going. So he, he came up to me after not being able to look me in the face for two weeks and he pulled me aside while I was on a shift. What job was uh, this? I was working at a restaurant. I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, my god! As a server. Sorry, this just went to, like, a fucked up, darkly comic level. I'm really <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, this is totally cool. My next this South is- Park song, AIDS at the Cheese Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that this is just my life, dude. So he took me aside. He, pu- he pulled me outside, and he's like, Kelly, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what is he sorry for? I hadn't told him. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um... And he pulled out a piece of paper. It was an HIV <gasps> test Fuck. that said negative. And he's like, I had sex with your boyfriend. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I'm like, there's no way. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I did. I, why would I lie about this? Like, I, I had sex with your boyfriend a few months ago, and I heard that you were HIV positive, and I ran and got tested. And I was waiting for my... Um, my test results and I haven't been able to look at you in the face for two weeks. I'm like, well, this makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. And he, um, he showed me his, his HIV test. It said negative. And he's like, I was so scared that I might've been the one to give it to you guys, but I tested negative. Mm. And so that's like a relief, <sighs> but also then that's like, there's others. No, like my mom, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like there was, there was no indication that my my boyfriend was having sex with men um, or that he he was gay. And, you know, we have these or like... Or or something. Right. But like, th- that's the thing. It's like I you have these binaries in your mind of like there's gay and there's straight and that's it. Mm. So like all I had to do was take off my shirt and he was hard. You know, so I'm like, there's no way he's gay. I mean, gay. I would be too if you took off your shirt. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Super hard. really hot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Thanks. So, but like... You know, like, there was no, like, physical indication that he was gay, so he must be straight. And I'm like, so he's, like, blowing my mind. I'm like, there's no fucking way. I've known him for, for two and a half years. 
And, like, this is the man I love. And and you said he was one of your best guy friends he, he prior to you dating. For a year and a half before we started dating, he was my best guy friend. And so I'm screaming, crying behind the Cheesecake Factory. Which Was this at the Northridge Mall? Simone's bit. No, this is, the Galleria. This is in uh, Marina Del Rey. Oh, that's okay. far. I'm screaming, crying. I'm like a Disney princess, like throwing myself into walls. That would be a great Disney movie is a Disney princess with HIV. Just <laughs> yes. say Disney, get yeah. on it. I mean, your story definitely sounds like a movie thus far. I hope there's a screenplay in the works. Proceed. Thanks. Um, I'm working on it. I need like a memoir first and to adapt it to a screenplay. But um, I've thought about this. So, oh my God, um, I was screaming, crying, and he was like, Kelly, you need to calm down. I'm like, how can I calm down? You just told me you fucked my boyfriend. I'm like screaming. And he he pulls out a, a baggie, and he was really into pills at the time. Um, he pulls out a baggie. He takes a, an Oxycontin out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. it's it's It really is. It's comical. So he cr- he cracks a piece of an Oxycontin off. He's like, here. He's like, take, take a chill this. pill. Literally take Literally. a chill pill. And I'm on a shift. I'm not even on a break. I'm... Serving tables. I'm on a I'm shift. I'm sorry. This person is rude for several reasons. He he had just gotten his test results. He he, he was just so happy wait. that he wasn't HIV positive and just like <clears throat> chose to like. He just he couldn't it's wait. So fucking insane. He he needed to get this off his chest. Yeah. And so he wasn't thinking about me. Yeah. Were you yet again understanding of this? <clears throat> um, I don't want to say shitty man, but he 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 told me he's like he's someone like, with a lot of shame and a lot of personal interest. Yeah, he was just like, "I'll like I'll be your friend through this. You deserve so much better." Um, He's like, I'll, "Bitch, I don't want you to be my friend." <laughs> I fucked my, my boyfriend because I'm assuming you didn't have any kind of under like you had agreed to you use condoms monogamous. without your partner, um, with the understanding that you were monogamous. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, right. no, we had no discussion about not being monogamous. Right. And he had not told me that he was sleeping with men. Yeah. Right. Or you sleeping know, with anybody. Right. Right. Exactly. So. I took the piece of an Oxycontin, and I, I'm like, I would have done anything to get rid of, like, the thoughts and the pain that I was experiencing. I would have done anything. So mm. I took a piece of Oxycontin, and um, I was just like, I got to go back in and finish my shift. So <laughs> I went back in. Um, I finished my shift. The Oxycontin hit me, and I was high. And I was, like, <clears throat> like sedated. I finished out my shift. I um, rode my bike home, and... I walked upstairs, and mind you, we had just moved. Were you living with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had been living together for a while. Um, we had just moved the day before. We had just moved. All of our stuff was in boxes. Um, fin- <laughs> I was financially wiped out. I was emotionally wiped out. I was psychologically wiped out. Oh, my God. So I confronted him. I'm like, I was like, you know, this person just walked up to me and told me that he had sex with you. Is that true? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? Uh. And I'm like, why would this person come up to me and tell me that he had sex with you and, and be lying to me? Like, and he lied about it for like 45 minutes. And I'm sedated still. I'm, I'm like, I'm high. And I was able to be calm enough to, like, I, I got on the phone with the other guy. And I'm like, he's lying about it. He's telling me that he didn't do it. He was like... Are you gonna believe him over me after all the trust that we've built, after all this, all the all these years of friendship, after everything that we've been through together? You're gonna believe him over me? And I'm like, this guy's fucking really good at lying. And so it, I'm like, on and off. He was probably even like 
denying it in his mind that Probably. he ever did it. Yeah, totally. And so I came back in and I sat him down and I'm like, look, if you, like, I'm already gone. If you have any, if you want to have any hope of keeping me in your life in any capacity, you're going to tell me the truth right now. And we had always talked about remaining friends um, after we broke up. And he was like, yeah, I did it. And um, he just like looked at me and he was like, yeah, I did it. Mm. And um, I was like, I got to go. It was December 2nd. And I had committed to Hanukkah with my family that night. Chag Happy Hanukkah, everyone. <laughs> mazel. Mazel tov. So I, um, I left and I drove to my parents' house and I showed face through Hanukkah. I was still kind of high. Um, and you, like, kept it together after this conversation? Yeah. But he didn't acknowledge having ha- had any other partners, <clears throat> right? Not yet, no. So I'm, like, so sad like there are these mics between us because I just want to be, like, holding <laughs> you. <laughs> it, yeah, it, honestly, like, I'm kind of shaking going through this again. Um, if you, you want to take a break, sharing. we can. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It was, I, the, it, it's hard, um, but... Like, I, I don't mind talking about it. It's like every, every time I tell it again, I heal a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I hope you're okay with me sharing this with our listeners. But before, when we were planning for the episode, Kelly was like, it's very important to me to be the one to disclose my status. And I think that just, like, speaks to your willingness to share the story, to be like, this is mine, and it's difficult, mm. and it's hard. But, like, I want to share yeah. this story. And I yeah. think, and I totally understand what you're saying by healing you by talking about it, but I'm also hoping that we maybe have listeners that are also HIV positive that and are not feeling even just recognized. HIV, any and stigma with any and, Yeah, STI. any kind of, that's yeah. really true. Totally. Stigma with anything that are hearing this and, totally. and recognizing the power that comes in speaking up and sharing the humanity and truth of your story. So we're extremely grateful that you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's healing for me to tell it, and it's also I I recognize how important it is to tell it. Um, <clears throat> so I okay so I was, latkes latkes. <laughs> <laughs> so the pills started wearing off while I was at my parents' house, and I locked myself in my brother's room with him and his girlfriend, and I started crying. Um, I was bawling. I was like, I was, I was, oh my god, I. It started, everything started hitting me in waves. Mm. And, um, well, it sounds like you'd been holding on to a lot of it for so long. Like, you sort of went into this like fight or flight mode afterwards and were like, I'm gonna fight, we're gonna do this, I'm gonna be active. And like, maybe there wasn't as much time to really just like grieve and obviously all the new fucking fucked information. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everything started hitting me at once. Like, the person who I thought was on my team isn't who I thought he was. Um, he's been lying to me this whole time um, about who he is. And I'm like a huge ally to the LGBT community. And I always have been. Mm-hmm. I was in the Gay Straight Alliance in high school. I had gay friends growing up. I like, I wanted to think that I was part of the gay community. It turns out I'm not. <laughs> you, you tried. Yeah, I did. I, I totally, I tried. But that's so interesting you say that because... Though this stigma is changing, I do feel like HIV is still seen as a gay man's disease. Yeah. And so in some ways, you are part of that, like, stigma community. Totally. Yeah. I And I, I, I see it that way, too. That's really interesting. Yeah. I see it that way for sure. 
Um, even though, like, I'm a woman who's only sexually attracted to and romantically attracted to men, I still, I see myself as part of the community. Um, so I, I got in a fight with my mom on the way out. I don't remember about what. I probably picked it. it was, and at this point, you hadn't disclosed to your mother I, I or had, your brother and father yet? I had told my brother and father. Got I it. hadn't told got my it. mom. So, so ugh, I wanted like to. She had no idea. And just so you know, Christmas so drama isn't only for Christmas. It happens on Hanukkah too. <laughs> yeah, right. you fucking goys. <laughs> Proceed. Right. So, and if you're listening to this later, we are recording this on the second night of third. Uh, third. I'm sorry. <sighs> Nicoletta always fucks up the Jew stuff. You know what? I'm half Jewish. You always say that <laughs> on one of the nights of Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah. You're you're an honorary Jew. Is it on your mom's or your dad's? My side? mom's. Okay, so, so you're, I am no, Jewish. You're, a real you're, like a, you're, yeah. you're a real Jew. <laughs> you're a real Jew. Yeah, you're. I'm just not oh, practicing. Kelly was about right. to get all conservative on you. <laughs> Is on your dad's side. Okay, so you're an honorary Jew. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I went on birthright. Okay, I, me too. It was birthright like, just extended to uh, ooh, 32. thirty-two. Yes. So I like, saw if you that. haven't gone, go. Yes. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> Jew, Jew parentheses Jews, aside. Jews. I love. I love being a Jew. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I wanted to leave my parents' house as soon as possible because I hadn't told my mom yet. I didn't want her to know why I was crying. Mm. So I picked a fight, and I, I left in a storm. Makes and sense. I went home, and he was laying in our bed, and I'm like, like I'm not going to go on the fucking couch. Like, fuck that. So I got in bed with him, and I was feeling weak, and I, like, scooted over and, like, cuddled. And we stayed together for, like, nine months. Um, I was really scared. I yeah. I was I was scared that no one else could love me. I was, mm. I was I didn't have support. I hadn't told my mom yet. I was I didn't know how she was going to respond. I didn't want to put my my problems on my friends, um, and I I loved him, and so we stayed together for nine more months. Um, and over those nine months, we had many conversations about his sexuality, and I asked him why he couldn't tell me. And why he didn't feel comfortable telling me. Hmm. And he said... And you're... I mean, it sounds like you've been pretty sex positive even before all of this. And yeah. it just shows, like, how deep his shame, shame about was. it must yeah. have gone. Yeah, he, he told me that he didn't think that I'd love him anymore. Or that I'd be attracted to him or that I'd want to be with him. Um, wow. And I was like, that's a really big problem. Like, that's... That's not just a him problem. That's a societal problem. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a huge issue. Yeah. And um, that's another reason why I share my story. Yeah. <clears throat> because I'm not the only one who's gone through this. Yeah. I'm not the only woman whose boyfriend or, or husband or partner um, has been afraid to be who they are and to like what they like sexually and to love who they want to love romantically. Like mm -hmm. there are so many men in his, in my ex-boyfriend's position and there's so many women in my position. And it's just like, the, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't yeah. happen. What do you think gave you the support and the strength to walk away? Because I get why you stayed. I mean, it sounds so obvious. Before we get to that, yeah. can I ask a question that of you course. don't have to answer? But I am curious about uh, your sexual dynamic while you were still together. And mm -hmm. if your diagnosis affected that at all. Like, did you, like, start using condoms in, like, a weird way? Or I'm just curious. Yeah, <laughs> no. Because you kind of, like, already got the thing. Well, right. I know. But right. I'm curious about, like, how... Because, like, sex is fucking awesome, but sex is also how you both got HIV. Right, and right. so I'm wondering how yeah, like, did it turn that affected, off? like, your sexual relationship. No, it, it shut our sex drive down completely. 
we from in the nine months that we stayed together or no, no we were together for 10 months after diagnosis it like it shut down our sex drive we just we were we were more focused on coping than we were about sex it was more about survival than pleasure mm. um which is why i mean you said growing up that like you got quote-unquote comprehensive sex ed but it sounds like i mean how many people really truly get comprehensive sex ed that includes pleasure right because like you're saying how do I survive from this how do we overcome this how do I live with this as opposed to how do I thrive and have a pleasurable life right with this right well I mean that that came later my through all of this my first instinct was to dive into research Mm. I'm like I'm like I need to know what's going on I'm like looking at my veins and I'm like what's happening in there you know, if if I can understand what's going on scientifically within my own system, then I can wrap my mind around this better. Mm-hmm. So I I researched everything, like what it is, what it does, how it replicates, like what like I I got as much information as I possibly could about as many topics as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And I talked to other people who are living with HIV. Mm-hmm. I joined forums online. Um I got a book with advice of what to do in the first year after diagnosis I'm like what's the best advice would you say well if there's like one tidbit that you were like that was talk to other people who are living with it Mm. there is nothing in the world quite like talking to someone who knows exactly what you're going through whether it be HIV or cancer or other STIs or lupus or what anything yeah anything like having a parent die like hardships it's there's nothing in the world quite like having someone to relate to on that deep a level um for people listening um are there good recommendations that you would give for the forums that you used pause.com okay. has great forums great great forums they also pause have, pos poz poz poz.com um those forums are amazing um and they're i think they're the most popular and the most used thebody.com is really good mm-hmm. um the well project Mm-hmm. is really good. Um, those are places to get information and to read blogs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have forums. Um, but just another yeah. way to connect and, and, and hear right. other right. people's stories. Right. Support so, groups. So you were on these forums, and, and you started treatment, ASAP, or how did that work? I was so scared to start treatment. I was reading huh. a lot about side effects of treatment. Huh. And... Like, one of the side effects of treatment is, like, your fat displacing itself. So, like, I know. And it, this is the most— Like, it goes from your stomach mean? to your butt? Yeah. Or no, no, it goes from, like, your butt to your stomach. Oh, bummer. And, like, you, like some people get a, a hump on the, the top of their—like, the back of their neck. Okay. Like, oh. on their upper back. It's, like, it's this called— from treatment? It's called lipodystrophy mm-hmm. and lipoatrophy. So mm-hmm. the atrophy is where the fat will, like, take itself out. Sometimes it's, like, in your cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll come from your butt. And then it'll, like, show up in other places on your body. Interesting. And that's, I, I've that learned. You and that's a side effect it, of what treatment? It's a long-term side effect of HIV treatments. And, like, it, <clears throat> that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> But that because makes sense. I'm from LA. I was born and raised here. I'm like, I, I like my body. I'm like, it's I don't a good even, body. Sorry, I keep talking about your body, you. but no, like, yeah. But, and it's so vain, you know, but like, and I acknowledge that. It's like, that's super fucking vain. But it sounds like you didn't want to look sick. Yeah, that's, 
That's mm. you got right God, to the heart of it. You're such a good fucking therapist. It's true. I know. <laughs> you are. That was, you like really dug deep into what was really going on. Totally. And that was like, Thanks, wow. Guys. It's it's true. Like anytime I get a cold now, I'm like, like, I don't want to look sick. Mm. You know, um, I I grew my hair out. I was like waiting for my hair to grow out because I wanted long, like luscious hair. To I'm like, my genetics are good. You know, I, I'm I'm a I'm still a healthy woman like, in my prime or whatever. But, yeah, that's what it is. It's, like, I, I don't want to look sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, in the prime of my life. But I, I learned that the lipodystrophy and lipoatrophy is is more a side effect of the older medications. Medications, um, they're constantly improving, and they're, mm-hmm. they're constantly streamlining and, and making it better for you in the long term. So, um, and I, I learned that later. What happened was... I <clears throat> I was getting my blood drawn and they were checking my viral load which is how much virus is in my system and my T cells which is the the cells that the virus attaches to. Mm-hmm. So my my T cells were like at 375 which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um 500 low? Yeah, 500 is normal. Okay. Um 500 to 1500 is normal. And so I was at like 375, 400, and my viral load was at like 11,000. And so I wanted to see what happened over time because I was reading that you don't have to start medication immediately. Um, AIDS is when you're at 200 T-cells. So I was still above the AIDS level. So you were kind of putting it off. Yeah, and I was I was scared of the long-term side effects. My doctor was telling me that I should start medication, and I like— I was reading about AIDS denialism, which is a whole other podcast mm. in and of itself. Like people don't believe it exists? People or like people who have HIV don't think? People don't believe that HIV causes AIDS. They believe that your lifestyle causes AIDS or um, like... And it's just a correlation that people with AIDS have HIV? Like not a causation. Yeah. It's a correlation, not causation. And Whoa. Yeah. So HIV is the human immunodeficiency virus. Right. And AIDS is acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Correct. But, okay, just to... Really, AIDS is just an HIV infection that's gone too long without medication. Can you go back from AIDS to just being seropositive? Yeah, well, once you and get... Can you, sorry, can you define seropositive? Oh, seropositive means HIV positive, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So if you hear someone say... I really like rent. (laughs) So as we might talk about before we finish up, as you might hear someone say a serodiscordant relationship, that means that one person is HIV positive and one person is not. Right, 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 right. Um, So we were talking about you starting treatment and how that went. So my my viral load shot up to 75,000. And that's when... And I was reading in the forums... um, I was, like, talking to other people in the forums about AIDS denialism, and people were, like, yelling at me, like, via, like, caps lock. And they were, like, they are finally, like, go check out this user. Go look at the archives and look at his posts. Like, start from the beginning and read until oh, fuck. currently. So I'm reading, and this person's HIV positive, and he's refusing to take medication. He's an HIV denialist. And so he'll, he'll, he'll like— get sick and then get better. And he's like, I'm fine, guys. Like, I got better. I'm totally good. And so I'm reading over the years. And then all of a sudden, his name lands in the in memoriam section. Oh, fuck. Wow. So that's... And that then, was like a big fucking <clears throat> wake-up call. And Yeah, and then my, my viral load shot up to 75,000 right at the time that I read that. And I was like, all right, it's time. Mm. And so I started medication. And my vi- What's your medication? 
If you feel comfortable yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, it's what called, does a day look like? It's one pill a day every day. Oh. Okay. It's called Odefsi. The one pill has three medications in it. And that's it? That's it. I just take it with a meal every day. That sounds pretty simple. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, like, People make it into this whole big thing, but it's incredibly, I don't know if it's, you make it seem like it's incredibly simple to live with HIV. It, okay. The, in, in a, in a uh, physiological sense. We'll yes. talk about social yes. stuff in a, a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah, the, the medications, if you nip it in the bud, if you get HIV while it's still HIV and it hasn't progressed to AIDS, it's very easy. And a lot of times, even when it has progressed into the AIDS territory, um, you can jump on medication and it'll put your viral load down to being undetectable. God, it is so fucking important for you to share your story <clears throat> because so many people, I'm sure, are convinced that it's like this death sentence. Yeah, yeah can you share what undetectable means? Because I have had clients and do know people who are in these serodiscordant relationships and their maybe female partner has HIV and some of them don't even use protection and do not test positive. Yeah. Well, um, the medication suppresses the virus's ability to replicate in your system. Hmm. So the virus will hide in your lymph nodes, in your gut, and in your brain. It just goes dormant. Um, it just, like, hangs out until it has an opportunity. So as long as you're taking your medication, the virus is not in your system, in your blood system. Wow. In your immune system. So you're able, like your T-cells can be in the normal range and your immune system's totally fine. Um, it kind of sounds like herpes. Well, it's a virus. It. Viruses right. are it's virus. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. like almost as simple as like if you have, you know, herpes, you do have forever, but like it stays in your system and you can have like asymptomatic, like no symptom shedding. Mm -hmm. But if you're taking care of it and taking medication, it's like... Yeah, I, I don't think HIV has the shedding. That yeah. that herpes. What's does. shedding? That's Shed a whole nother conversation. <laughs> oh. Yeah, shedding is is with Google it. Yeah, <laughs> with with her. Fuck you! I don't know, and I'm asking you a question. I what know, is I shedding, don't have Kelly? Time. Like, it's fine. We'll go over. I know. I, is, and I talk a gripping. lot. We'll go over. Yeah, we will. Um, and I I talk a lot, and I'm like willing to talk for as long as you'll let no, me. No, we're, we're gonna keep, keep going. <laughs> and you can like we edit can cut. It later. We'll cut this part out. But I'm I'm fine with like being 15 okay. minutes late to my doctor's appointment. Cool. I think this is a really good conversation, and they will just I'll be like traffic. So sorry. <laughs> traffic so sorry. of great conversation. Right. <laughs> okay. So, um, I started medication at seventy five thousand with my viral load, and within two months I was undetectable. Wow. Sorry, yeah. what the fuck is shedding? <laughs> we'll get For there. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. So uh, my, okay, my T cells are at 725, 740, something like that. So that's like totally. My T cells are totally normal. My virus is undetectable. People who Does are. Does that mean you can't transmit it to anyone? Yes. Yes. The CDC just came out with a statement um, and they've done like a shit ton of fucking research on this. Um, the partner study and the opposites attract study. Google it. Um, there are studies that they did with serodiscordant um, partners where one person's HIV positive on medication and undetectable and the person, the other person is HIV negative. They did it with straight partners, with um, same-sex partners. Um, the, and there were, over the course of like four years, this is for the partner study, um, they tracked their their sex life, and there were over fifty eight thousand unprotected penetrative sex acts. So oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex, and zero transmissions between partners. Wow. So if you're undetectable, 
If you're undetectable, you are essentially incapable of okay. transmitting the virus to your Unless partner. someone's like eating your lymph node or your brain. Or, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if that would work. Well, no, <laughs> Shit, no, no. But it's just the point, like, that's the only place it is. It's not in your bodily fluids. It's not in your right. excretions. It's not in your blood. Right. It's not in your semen. Right. It's not in your seprene or whatever. Even if you drank my blood, your esophagus and your digestive system. Don't talk. They kill. To my blood. They don't talk to my blood. Yeah, right. So Unless there's like a rupture. You could literally drink my blood and you still wouldn't get HIV. Mm. <laughs> well, I know what we're doing after this. Um, I mean, you are obviously so well informed on this topic, but most people out there in the dating world are not. Yep. And so I'm guessing if and when you bring this up, people are like, no. Um, yeah. How do you tell potential people you're dating and when? And like, what's the response you've gotten? Oh, my God. Ooh, what like, is it on your Tinder profile? No, no, no. I did. No. <laughs> I can't imagine. I was, I, I would not expect. <laughs> like leading with that. Like, I don't. Okay. So first of all, shedding is when like herpes, it, it goes through a cycle. And at a certain time, it like comes up to your skin and it like comes, it just and like it's present. leaves. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, okay. It, it's just present like on your skin, but you don't have signs or but symptoms. They, they call it asymptomatic shedding because there's no, like you the, can't see right. the you don't outbreak have, happening. You don't have a sore. But you can still transmit, transmit the virus. <gasps> right. That's what so when people say, oh, it's fine, I don't have a It could be shedding right season. Yeah. Shedding season. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And there's, you know, medications and other homeopathic things to take to prevent, but like a lot of people have herpes and it's really not yeah, a big deal. Yeah, over 80% of Kelly adults Kelly is even talking States. about how HIV is not a big deal. Herpes it's is like, like the least of your problems. Yeah, right. Amen. I mean, it's not like so many people have herpes. It's unbelievable. Right. So um, we're talking about physiologically. It's like easy to live with HIV, but now we're talking about dating. socially. Yeah. So like dating and like yeah. friend, like any. Yeah. So the hardest part of living with HIV is the stigma. Mm. Um, I'm so grateful and I'm so lucky to live in this place and in this time in history that I have access to this kind of medication, and it's widely accessible and it's subsidized by the government. Because people who are HIV positive on medication and undetectable are unable to transmit it to people. So it's good public health practice to make medication widely available. You get that, Republican Party? Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. And that that's like, that's so, it's, and like the government recognized that at a certain point. And so that's why it's subsidized. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very affordable. For me, um, being a broke student, it's free and delivered. Wow. Wow. Right. I'm like an HIV princess. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Your Majesty. <laughs> that's Proceed. your book title. HIV, HIV princess. princess. Um, I like Princess HIV You have to pay more. me for that title, though. Princess HIV. I like Princess I'm HIV. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's funny. Like, when I was first diagnosed, I was so scared of being, like, the girl with HIV. Mm -hmm. And well, now I'm like, I'm the girl with HIV. Yeah. And you I said you it. stayed in a relationship because you felt nobody is going to love me. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk about how you do tell potential partners and people you're dating, and how does that work? It. I mean, it's different with every person. Um, I kind of... It, it's, it depends on, like, where I'm at and where I think they're at as far as, like, education, um, what, they, what I think they might know, what their stance might be on it, how I think they might respond. Um, and then it depends on how I'm feeling and where I'm at at the time and, like, how many fucks I feel like giving mm -hmm. about this. So I've been dating for probably five years with HIV. I've been on and off Tinder um, I've disclosed in as many ways as you can think of. 
Um, I've disclosed via text. I've disclosed in, mostly in person. For the most part, it's been in, Ooh, in, in person. text, that must be, like, not getting a response or something must be. Yeah. that happen? I mean, I've, I've always gotten a response, I, th- I think. I don't remember not getting a response. But, like, the, the vast majority of people ghost me. Um, I usually tell people in person, and it's usually on the first date. It usually just comes out of me. Um, I've waited till the second date before, and I waited till the third date once. Um, that was really hard. I was really proud of myself because, like, I my my mom and my best friend were telling me like, people need to earn this from you. You don't owe anybody anything. Um, you should let them get a chance to get to know you without this first. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like part of your identity. It just right. is right. And like, I get that, but like. If it comes out of me, it comes out of me. If I choose to disclose at the beginning, I choose to disclose at the beginning. Like, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever engaged in anything from kissing to anything without divulging? I've Because you know, like, right. pretty much they're fine. <clears throat> I've, I've kissed without divulging or without disclosing. Um, the, I, I dated a girl for a, a couple weeks, and, like, on our first date, she— This was your, like, attempt to enter more into Oh, my God. She was so amazing. LGBT community. Yes. Yeah, she was so cute. She was she was so— be- She still is. She's she's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. She's—we got along so well. Um, but, like, I wasn't—I wasn't sexually turned on. It was it was so annoying and like it's okay. It was so it was. You're I, allowed to be mostly hetero, but like this could have solved so many of my problems um, because she was everything I wanted in another human being. She was passionate. She was. She had fun hobbies. She had dogs that were adorable, and she fun took hobbies care of them. like. She she cooked. She loved cooking. Like she was awesome. She was so cool. And and like instead of being like oh like I want to fuck the shit out of you, I was like he like you're squishy. You know, <laughs> I'm like this is not fair. I'm like this sucks. And I, I, and I told her, I'm like, I, I gotta tap the brakes because this, this is going too fast for me. And and like I, 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 I'm like confused. And and and, and upon reflection, I'm just like, fuck, I'm straight. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, you know, I was raised by a liberal family. My mom's like, don't limit your options. <laughs> you know, so like that. That's where I was coming from. And I'm like, I don't want to limit my options. Uh, I'm like I can love everybody, so yeah, but I'm straight and like that's cool. So, but she, the where I was going with she that, she said forlornly. <laughs> <laughs> so she like on our first date, she started going down on me, and I and I was like, oh my god, I haven't told her yet, shit. So I stopped her and I disclosed, and I was like, I'm so sorry for not telling you this before. She's like, oh, whatever, that's cool, and she like continued. <laughs> Wait, that you, did, did you explain like the inability to transmit? Or she, she didn't just, like, care. She was whoa. She was educated. Wow, yeah. woke bitch. Yeah, love her. Yeah, she was we educated. Love you. Yeah, and like she made me come, and it was great. And <gasps> and then we like talked about it afterward. We had like the full conversation. Had you had you had uh, sex with other people since your yeah. diagnosis? Okay, yeah, so yeah. That was like two years into dating with HIV. Because I'm yeah. really curious about like what yeah, your first you sexual encounter was. It? Yeah. Well, um, we just asked two different questions. Uh, Wait, <laughs> all of the questions. I asked, what was your first sexual encounter like after diagnosis with a new partner? Um, so after I broke up with my ex, I went on. I I I cried every night for a month, and then after I was done with that, it's needed sometimes. Yeah, I cried myself to sleep for like mm. a month, and after like after that phase, I was like, all right, I'm on a mission. 
Like, let's get laid. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, I hear you. My grandma always used to say the best way to get over someone is to, to get, get under, under someone, someone else. else. <laughs> For me, I'm just like, I needed to prove to myself that I'm still sexy. I needed to validate my sexuality to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I need to get laid. So I don't remember my first encounter, honestly. I don't remember which one it was. Um, I remember one where he and I, like, he was my neighbor and I met him at a part at his party at his house, and he and I got along really well. And he was so nice; he was such a nice person. And my my tactic for disclosing at the beginning was to say I'm HIV positive, but I got it from my boyfriend who was unfaithful and who lied to me and cheated mm-hmm. on me, and you know whatever. So I would say my status, and then I'd follow it up with, "But you can't judge me for this reason because I'm a victim." So you felt like you had to say that because otherwise people would have assumptions of like, yeah, I your wasn't promiscuity. Yeah, I wasn't strong wow. enough within my identity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow, I wasn't strong enough within my identity and within like myself to just be like I'm HIV positive, and that's it. So I would follow it up with a sob story so that people wouldn't be able to judge me because I was judging myself still. Yeah, makes sense. <clears throat> I get and, that, and that yeah, I got. I, people responded exactly how I wanted them to. Um, which was which fucking you? Empathy. Right. <laughs> both. <laughs> empathy with their cocks. Right. But it, it, that's, and it was both. It really was. It was both. So um, with this guy, he and I went, went back to my apartment. Um, we had sex. He slept over. And in the morning, like he brought his, his dog over. And we hung out like with his dog. And Aww. I was, I'm such a bitch. I was I was the asshole in this one, and I feel I still feel kind of bad oh, for this. Oh no! If you're he, listening, I yeah, I don't. She's remember, sorry. I don't, I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> How about his dog's name? He, uh, no, I don't remember. Okay, his usually dog. I remember the dog's name. So so he brought his dog over. I had white sheets and a white comforter, and his dog. Oh fuck! No his way! Dog that was dirty. dog. Yeah, his, his dog was like cheap. That's reasonable. His dog had like like. Per, like what is the word? Persistent ear infections, and wasn't a clean dog. And he walked. He walked the dog around are the you neighborhood. Do, are you dog the, shaming? No. <laughs> I just like he wanted to bring the dog up on the bed. I'm like, no. <laughs> you can't fucking bring that dog up on my clean white bed. Fuck you. No, you're no, like, you I can fuck that. me in here, but you can't bring your dog up here. But like he was, he was overly affectionate in the morning, and I was just like, I had gotten what I wanted, and I was over it. So I'm like, when is this guy gonna leave? And I, I'm like, I was the, I was the like stereotypical like dude in this situation. Uh-huh. And it was, do you think you felt like you were kind of getting your power back? Yeah, I was, and it, this was all like the me again. I know <laughs> she's fucking Nicol- on it. Are you, is your name Nicoletta on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't know what I mean. <laughs> like there's Nicoletta like diving deep into like what's really going on. I'm like that's right. And but you're you're totally right. That's exactly what it was. I was I was trying to get my power back and like it, it was obviously like me within myself and my own journey and my my me bubble not thinking about or not caring about his feelings. Mm. And that wasn't good on of of me to do but that's just where I was at I think it's also okay to sometimes not care about somebody's feelings <clears throat> right I don't know I is think, that okay no but, it's not but okay. if I were in his position I'd be pissed off and hurt right and he's allowed to be pissed off yeah I guess I don't know what I'm trying where I'm what, what argument I'm trying to win right now proceed <laughs> would it question though would it be any different if you were not 
HIV positive. Like if you were just a girl who was like, I just want to break up. Yeah. And that was it. Or is it different because it's like, oh, well, this person was nice enough to be okay with this oh. or whatever. Right. Right. Um, like, I think it's okay to, like, be like, I just wanted to fuck you, and now I have and now to go do errands. And take your dirty dog. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want your fucking dog in my bed. <laughs> right. Like, that's the thing. Like, you don't owe him to be nice just because right. he fucked you. Right. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I, I, think, I think that with sex, there should be open, honest communication before, during, and after about what you want, what you expect, how to, how to navigate that and like how to respect each other's feelings and how to how to feel good about what happened after it's over Mm. but that doesn't that doesn't happen that's also a big reason why I do what I do um and like even before I was HIV positive I felt used and thrown out by people um by by men who I had had sex with so a a lot of it was like me turning the tables on the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so some anger and resentment. Stuff. Yeah, some anger and resentment. I was I like, get it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make it right necessarily. And, and this is not me like beating up on myself. Like that's just where I was at and that's mm-hmm. what I needed in that moment. And like, I hope I didn't hurt him too bad. I hope like I don't, I don't, it was just like one encounter yeah. in like the grand scheme of life. So I... I, I wonder if he's it. talked about it on a podcast. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Reach out if you're listening. Right. I, I mean. No, I think it's incredible, this, like, immense empathy that you have. I don't know. I just read Hillary Clinton's book, and she talks about our need for— Of course you did. And she talks about a, a part of what we need in this culture is radical empathy for others, yeah. especially with whom we share differences or we have differences or misunderstandings. And I think you really embody that, and I think it's Thanks. incredible. And I— yeah, I, I'm just, I'm in awe and I'm impressed and I think what you're doing is so fucking important and I'm so Thanks. grateful that you're talking to us today. Thank you. I'm so grateful that we reconnected. We've, Me too. Kelly and I have known each other for a long time, but we've like mostly been like years. adjacent yeah. to each other's yeah. lives, so I'm really happy okay. to Well, I want you, you in my life, not adjacent, so we're friends. I'm down. I'm so, I want that too. Okay. Let's be friends. Yeah, I want to, are you okay if we say like, if you are HIV positive and want to talk to Kelly, you can, you can? Yeah. You yeah, absolutely. Like um, yeah, or like if, if where you're okay to send people. Yeah, if if you've been just diagnosed um, with any STI and you need someone to talk to, feel free to reach out. I'm like, I'm so happy to talk to people. Um, the only thing that drives me fucking nuts is when people think that they might be positive and they're freaking out. Hmm. And they reach out and they're so scared that they might be in my position. And they wow. and that has happened so many times. People reach like this one person. What bothers you about that? Just because of they're so like the stigma? Yeah. That's okay. just it's triggering for me because it's the stigma's knocking on my door. Right. Like it's like qu- shouting in your literally. face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I think I might be in your position. Please make me feel better. And that it just and it, it it hurts and it's triggering and it like it brings it, it brings the stigma back home when I'm like actively living my life, fighting it, constantly. So fighting the stigma. Fighting the stigma. So I mean, this one person reached out to me. She shared a cup with her coworker, who was HIV positive. Oh my god! Just fucking Google it. Don't reach out to Kelly, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Let's, <laughs> I got really let's quickly list some okay. like lies about how you. Can oh get yeah. It. Okay. So. HIV is only transmitted through certain bodily fluids. There's blood, which is the the one, the only one that's like the most 
the the easiest way to transmit. And this is if you're not getting treatment. Right. This is if you're not. This is if you're detectable, not undetectable. Right. Right. Like right. Kelly is in most people who are on treatment. Right. So blood, breast milk, vaginal fluid, semen, precum, and anal mucus are the six fluids that transmit HIV. I don't know what anal mucus is. (laughs) Anal mucus. You're. It's It's like like, if you ever watch an anal scene, it's like that stuff that's like. Yeah. Like you're any mucus membrane. Oh, Okay. Just like the wet stuff inside your butthole. (laughs) Right. That makes it not dry on the inside. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like totally like. I'm a sexual health educator. I still giggle. Like, anal mucus. <laughs> <laughs> you said it so, so coolly, and I was like, I need to acknowledge right. that. We just said anal mucus I know, on, I know. On poop. I know. I do. I, it's not, it's not poop. I just wanted no. to say poop. because Okay. I'm, anyway. So those are the only so fluids. The, so you so, can't get it from urine. You can't get it from spit. You can't get it from poop. You can't get it from sweat. Can't get you it from can't sweat. get it from hugging. You can't get it from kissing, sharing cups, forks, knives, on sitting the on the same toilet, fucking being in the same jacuzzi. You, like... You and, and it's not contagious. It's not easy to get HIV. Right. It's actually really difficult to right. get HIV. Like if it was that easy to get, everybody would have it. You know what I'm like saying? Like herpes, which everybody does have. Exactly. Basically. Fucking, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It would like if it were that easy to get, everybody would have it. Mm. And it, it's just not. Like I had a lot of unprotected sex. Yeah. And a lot of anal unprotected sex. Oh. That's that's probably the way that I contracted HIV. Interesting. Um, Which is why I think it has previously been associated as a gay man's disease, but right. a lot of women, a lot of trans people, a lot of all gendered people like anal. Right. And it, you can transmit it through vaginal as vaginal well. as well. It's it's not as likely. It's just um, that the mucous membrane in the butt is thinner. It's so is thin. that why? Yeah. It's more prone to tears. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my wow. god, this has been so fuck I feel like I've been on a whirlwind of like roller coaster of, of education and emotion. Yeah, and this has been so fucking amazing. I'm so glad you're a sexual health educator because you're like really good about talking about this. Stuff. Yeah, so how can if people do want to reach out, how can they reach out and how can they follow the work that uh, the UCLA Sex Squad does? So you can follow me at Kelly Gluckman, just at Kelly Gluckman is my handle. Um K-E-L-L-Y-G-L-U-C-K-M-A-N. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can search for me on Facebook. Um, I don't add people that I don't know on my personal Facebook, but I do have a public profile that you can follow and I'll respond to messages on. Princess HIV. <laughs> <laughs> HIV Princess. Um, that's my new handle. <laughs> I'm sure it exists already somewhere. Um, Rude. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, the and, UCLA Sex oh, Squad. Yeah, yeah. Just, you can find the UCLA Sex Squad on all social media also. Um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on, I think, I don't know if we have a Twitter actually. Um, but Instagram is a great way. Facebook is a great way. Just UCLA sex squad. There's no other. Oh my gosh. Kelly, you need to come back because I think there's just so much that we didn't even touch on. And I'm sure our listeners are going to want to know more. Um, so thank you so fucking much. Thank Thank you you. for having me. This, thank you. This is great. <laughs> and as always, if you want to hear more from us, make sure to reach out to us at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. And you can follow all of our comings and goings on Instagram at slutsandscholars and on Twitter at slutscholars. Uh, we love you. See you next week. Subtle orgasm joke. <laughs> we love you. Uh, okay, bye. Bye.